This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host Pat. I'm Andy. And I'm Eddie. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. And welcome, everybody, to a riveting show. Uh, we hope you're hanging in there, staying safe, staying healthy. Uh, yeah. aw- awesome background you have going there visually, Eddie. Thank you. For those of us tuning in. It was Pat's idea. We're getting very <laughs> advanced in our, our old age here on Facebook. Behold our mastery of technology and the paranormal. <laughs> you know, it's paranormal right now as these allergies were all like a little nasally and stuffy, but uh, we'll... <laughs> We'll survive. There's uh, there's scarier things out there to worry about, I suppose. Yeah, I'm pretty exactly. convinced it's not coronavirus. I think it's just seasonal allergies. Talk <laughs> about anxiety. It's like the minute now we get a sniffle, we're like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, anything, you know, if, if you feel a little warm or something, it's just, oh, my God. I you got to take your temperature and any any little thing kind of sets me off these days. Well, yeah. it, was about, it was about to be warm in my place uh, just about an hour ago. Uh potentially um threw off our time frame for today my power in my house went out and these guys eddie and pat were like you know we about ready guys and i'm like nope i might be out altogether because my power is out i have no internet and so and that's straight up frightening you got no internet no tv your food is spoiling in the fridge you yeah. can't really go to the store to buy more food without you know risking your life I was about to start. I was about to get a broomstick and just start, you know, shaving off the end for a spear. I didn't know what to do. You go wander around the field and hunt for rabbits. Do you I don't see know. how quickly, how quickly that we revert back instantly? <laughs> yeah. Wait, the power's out. <laughs> and he's breaking chairs to make firewood. <laughs> back to nuts and berries. Go speaking of, uh, speaking of, you know, uh, desperate times, you guys can't tell because of the, it's kind of because of lighting, but I got like a week's worth of beard going here. Ooh, it's nothing. Okay. It, it's nothing compared to what Eddie has going on, but I, I need a razor like uh, like nothing else right now. I'll have a few days on, few days off with work, and so I, I'll let it grow out for a couple of days. But I always shave it in before I go back into the office. But I should just let it go. And you should <laughs> your beard your your beard is like Atlantis. It's like it's the thing that we curve like. will never get. Yeah. <laughs> let it go, Pat. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, dudes, I'm rocking the uh, Frozen headphones yet again. Ooh, nice. like that. And I'm rocking my daughter's program. Frozen headphones. You now need to wear them every live uh, broadcast we do. It, you it's, do. It's, it's my kind thing. Of part of your persona. Yeah, yeah it, it is. I can ditch the hat, and I go everywhere with Frozen headphones on from now on. Henceforth. People, <laughs> people get their spirit animals tattooed on their arms, and Andy gets a pair of Frozen headphones tattooed on his bicep. <laughs> Mine's right. Olaf. Olaf is my spirit animal. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, we're we're making this quarantine work the best we can, and this is how we're doing it. All right. Uh, 
All right. Well, without further ado, um, uh, our first segment of every episode is always recent sightings. And again, we get kind of loosey-goosey with the term recent, but uh, I have something that's recent to me, if that counts. Um, so back, you know, my last live uh, lecture was on Friday, the 13th of March, you know, back when life was normal and you could be around other human beings. Right. Um, so on Friday, the 13th, I did like a spooky stories event and uh, a gentleman who was at the show later emailed my office uh, saying that he had a humdinger of a story to share. And so he sent me, uh, he emailed me the story along with a picture that goes along with it. And I got permission to talk about this um, on social media and whatnot. His name is Sean Powers. And Sean was the general manager of a, uh, he didn't give me the name, but it, it was a uh, hotel, restaurant, bar, convention center uh, in Fremont, Nebraska. And he was general manager there from 2000 to 2006. And he said even, even prior to uh, him taking over the place, it was constant paranormal activity there. He said pianos would play by themselves in the middle of the night. Uh, cabinets would open up. Uh, lights would be turned on. Lights would be shut off by themselves. Uh, pots and pans rattling in the kitchen. Uh, you name it, it happened there. And in 2008, he said what happened was they wanted to do a complete overhaul, you know, renovation time. And as, as we paranormal dads know from uh, reading other stories and watching documentaries, when you renovate a house or place, one you of two things, place up. You sh usually that's what <laughs> happens is you shake it up. Either the paranormal activity will, will grind to a halt or it will double overnight as yeah, the spirits might not be keen with all the changes going on. The spirits don't like change. Change is hard. If you're hungry for a haunting, remodel your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Stainless steel appliances, fine. It'll cost you though. You know. Yeah. I hope you don't like sleeping through the night because you're gonna be <laughs> enjoy those up. enjoy those granite countertops with ectoplasm included. Right. Yeah. There you go. Hey, the eggs cook themselves on the countertop. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> the guy at Nebraska Furniture Mart said it would happen. <laughs> uh, so in 2008, they renovate this place and. Uh, apparently there was a concrete area that was around the pool and they were getting ready to lay some new tile down around the pool. And so they prepped it, they cleaned it, they washed it. And the next morning before the tile was going to be laid over the concrete, he went and he was just going to get a before picture, you know, before and after picture. So he snapped a photo and I have that here somewhere. If you want to get it pulled up, Eddie. But oh, what he what yeah. he found, he took a picture and there's something in the concrete. And he, he said it was a powdery, unknown substance. He was adamant that it was not liquid. And what it appears, as you can see here on the image, uh, it looks like an actual photo. Uh, it looks, uh, I'm going to describe it the best I can. It looks like a either a fairy type creature or perhaps even a gargoyle type creature with wings. Yeah. And it's sticking out its chest, kind of like barrel chested as though it's being pulled mm -hmm. into the sky, uh, you know, face looking up, chin up, um, almost like you think if you were to get abducted by a UFO and you were getting sucked up by the beam. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Legs are coming down off of this gargoyle type figure. There even appears to be what looks almost like a tail dangling down. And below the gargoyle who's lifting up into the air, there is another figure who almost looks like a lady in a dress. And she's on her knees as if she's pleading for it not to go. Uh, hands outstretched, grabbing the hoof or the foot of the gargoyle lifting off. And it, it looks it looks pretty darn defined. This is not like um, 
you know, what's that, you know, the psychology ink block block test, you know, yeah, it's not, test. yeah, it's not wishy-washy. This is clearly defined. It looks like a picture to me. And, you know, um, I never know what to expect when people send me pictures asking for my paranormal expertise. Some of them are, you know, kind of, you know, nebulous, undefined orbs. This one's pretty clear, boys. So, yeah. so was this on the cement or is this just on the image itself? Yeah. Was so this, this wasn't a trick of light. This powdery substance was actually on the concrete. Um, okay. That's what he said. And he said it couldn't have been liquid. That was, it could have been paint or, or paint thinner or anything like that. Because as you can see, there's cracks in the concrete. And if it was liquid, it just, it would have followed a path like a, like water does. It would have followed a crack, like a stream. And this bypassed the crack and, and still the image remains of this gargoyle taking off and this woman pleading for it not to go. Um, yeah. I, for one, was kind of floored. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to tell Sean. It, I mean, clearly something's going on there, uh, paranormal or otherwise. Now, from a scientific standpoint, there is a phenomena, and I believe, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but it's called, I think it's called pareidolia. It's, it's a phenomena of people seeing, um, you know, realistic looking shapes or figures in mundane objects. So, you know, think of... Uh, you know, the guy who sees, uh, you know, the Virgin Mary on their grilled yeah. cheese toast or, you know, yep. somebody who has a potato chip that looks like Abe Lincoln's face, things yep. like that. Elvis and the oatmeal. Elvis and the oatmeal. Classic. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> That's what I, I won't eat my oatmeal unless I see Elvis in it. That's right. <laughs> I dump it out. Like this is not, this is not Elvis approved. Ow. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. When I first, first saw that image, the, the one that, that you're kind of calling a gargoyle, it almost looked angelic to me, but then you look at the legs, it almost looks like it almost like hoofed hoofed feet kind yeah. of a kind of a look to it. Yeah, very demonic almost in a yeah. way. That's kind well, of weird. That's the thing. Open everything's always open to interpretation. You ask one person and it's an angel, you ask another person, it's a demon, you ask somebody else, it's a fairy or a gargoyle. Uh the wings are really clear though. Everything yeah. in the picture is very clear. Um this is honestly uh, kind of a first for me. I've never really seen a, an image uh, with potentially paranormal or spiritual undertones. I've never seen it appear like on concrete or, or, or you know, a, anything like that. Usually what it is is a trick of the light, you know, something right. that was caught on camera or even caught on audio. But you didn't you didn't actually see it in the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. What gets me as far as like an art person and not that I do like art, but I draw my living is made out of drawing. And um, I draw maps, everybody, in case you're wondering. Eddie worked for <laughs> Etch-A-Sketch. I worked for Etch-A-Sketch and that magnet that you remember that magnetic toy where you dragged over the shavings to give the bald guy right. hair. Right. Oh, that, yeah. 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 That, that's me. I help draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the ratio of everything, it, it's almost proportionate if you look at it. Yeah. Like uh, the the gargoyle or demon, if you will, like legs and arm and head are all kind of proportionate to the body and the wings, you know? Right. And that's the part that gets me. Like this is where I, you would almost assume that this was like intentionally done. Like, yeah, like a art like piece a, or something. Yeah. Was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if that's the case, uh, no one hung around to take credit for it. Nobody could explain it. It's almost like, what's the point? You know, the ends don't justify the means. It's almost like, and we've said this before, but it's like those guys who, you know, you find a Bigfoot track in the middle of nowhere. And right. and if it was a hoax, no one stayed around long enough to get a to get a laugh out of it. So like, right. what's what's the point? Right. Um, 
And still to this day, it's unexplained. I think even after that renovation in 2008, they continued to have more and more uh, paranormal experiences. And I believe uh, uh, Mr. Powers uh, got out of being the general manager in 2016. But again, this photo is new to me. I figured it would make a good recent sightings. And the thing I love about, you know, situations or cases like this is I, we, we love feedback. You know, we are paranormal dads, paranormal enthusiasts. Um, and even myself as a psychic medium, I'll be the first to, to admit not everything can be explained. I don't know what this is beyond it's incredibly interesting. So if you if you have a suggestion, please write us on Facebook or email us and tell us what you think it is. Or uh, if you're you know, in the concrete business, or if you're in the chemical business, please let us know what you think could have caused this. Yeah, no, that would be people talk about seeing weird designs and, you know, in the, in like random or like typically mundane objects. These, these guys or gals would totally see that like, Oh yeah, I've seen ghost stuff inside of this pavement all the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, what is it by the way, with hotels being haunted? Like, I swear, like more often than not, they are. And that could be a Motel 8 in the middle of nowhere. Or it could be, you know, a big, huge, fancy uh, hotel in the middle of New York City. It's they're notoriously haunted. You guys have any theories as to why? I just wonder if it has something to do with how many people travel through those places. You know, you got all kinds of different energies coming into places, whereas in a home, you've got usually one or two two families living in a place and they stay there for a certain amount of time and then they move on someone else moves in but in the hotels you got people coming in constantly it's just a constant cycle of different people and their energies coming into places so it makes you wonder if yeah. that has something to do with it you wiping their the, shoes, wiping their shoes on the rug and wiping their emotions all over the room. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> you think about the different emotional states, too, of people like going to a hotel can be kind of a for some people, if you travel a lot, it might become kind of bo boring or mundane. But for a lot of people who might have like different peaks to their traveling, like they may, maybe they don't go a whole bunch. They miss their families um, maybe they're like going through something weird in their lives and they have to be at a hotel or it's happy energy and they're there yeah, because they're on vacation. Excited. So there's like all these emotional highs and lows, I think that are associated with hotels too, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. all good points. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to say the least. So that's what I rounded up for recent sightings today. And uh, big thanks to Sean powers for sharing that with me and, uh, we're always open to uh, a little paranormal evidence, whether it's audio or video or still pictures. So thanks to thanks yep. to Sean for that. Yep. Uh, and, uh, an aspect to our show that's going to be different while we're doing these things live is we get actual live feedback. And uh, uh, super friend and listener uh, Donise Walter says uh, suicides more often than not happen in hotels because yeah. they don't want their families to find them. So there's a yeah, there, there's a there's a. Not happy. <laughs> happy Easter, everybody. Yeah. We, I, you know, yeah. It's a it's, good point, though. I mean, it's a good point. A lot of people in ho in hotels are running from their problems, so to speak. So it adds like a another layer of emotion. You know, it adds a emotional layer to that lasagna of the energy there. And sometimes it's kind of a funky vibe. You know, mm -hmm. and on a happy one, you have people who are like recently married, or even oh, yeah. like you know who want to get away and go to a hotel. So there's all this happy love energy in there too, and. Hashtag happy love energy. Hashtag don't use a black light. 
<laughs> Hashtag Andy sleeps in the tub when he goes into travels in hotels. I don't know Hashtag. if that'd be worse. I don't know if that's worse or better, but Hashtag uh, time to move on to pop culture and the paranormal. Hey, in- <laughs> indeed, indeed. Eddie, are you up to bat for pop culture today? It's me on this one. It's time for pop culture and the paranormal. All right, what you got? All right, so I got a borderline pop in the paranormal and uh, lifestyles of the paranormal and famous. Did I do that right, Pat? It's lifestyles of the paranormal lifestyles of of the the rich and famous. famous. There it is. So it's borderline between those two, but still very much pop culture. So this came about in a conversation with a friend of the show. He's been on here a couple times, uh, Billy Peck. Um. Uh, and fellow podcaster and member of uh, Starfighters Entertainment Group, the last Starfighters Entertainment Group. Awesome musician, by the way, too. Oh, great musician. Uh, I had the I had the honor and privilege of getting to sing a song with him on stage, if you guys saw any of that. Um, and so anyway, uh, we were just chatting in general, and we, uh, we were talking about, um, uh, Andy, if you remember this conversation, we were discussing tulpas at one point in time. Yeah. And just maybe like manifestation and bring attracting things sometimes to you when maybe you don't mean to or whatever. And uh, Adam Green, this came up in mine and Billy's conversation. Adam Green, well, the main the name might not uh, bring a lot of uh, uh, like people are like, oh, I know who that is. He's actually a director. He's directed uh, quite a few. He tends to hover around the horror genre. And I had the tab up, but I don't have it now. So anyway, just look him up, everybody. But one of his uh, credits was he was a creative director or even a director for the Friday the 13th uh, video game uh, as well. So he's tied into that franchise. And he's done a TV show that Billy is a big fan of called Holliston. It's kind of a horror comedy type thing. Mm-hmm. But Adam Green um, was a direct, is a director of a film called Hatchet and Frozen. And not that frozen, a different, <laughs> uh, it's a horror movie about these people that get stuck on the ski lift. Hatchet <laughs> He and directed frozen. frozen. So yeah, yeah. Use a hatchet and you cut people up and then you hide their, their limbs in the freezer. That's what <laughs> it's the about. Right. Truck. Yes. Solved um, it. There you go. Somewhere in New sh- Jersey. Exactly. It's about, it's about an ice cream truck, <laughs> but, but people aren't happy to see it. Um, and so uh, what happened was this director was having a gangly old creature man visiting him at night in his room. And mm. he would wake up and he would feel like something was in the room with him. And he would get up to go look around to see what was in the room. And huddled in the corner, he would see this weird, grisly, almost golem looking um, like old man, kind of like just staring at him. Like, I don't like, know what's yeah. worse. Precious, like if it was precious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's worse if it was in the corner or standing right by his bed. Either way is creepy. Right. And this is already like, he's already way more tough than me because the next scene in this film of real life is me burning my house down. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a can of gas and a match. Uh, there you go. That was easy. <laughs> Be sure to sanitize um, that gas can before you touch it, though. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Where are my gloves, my mask? Uh, so um, eventually, uh, the this gangly old man creature would talk. Once again, I would just, I don't know, kill myself? <laughs> um, oh. would say, and it would say, croak out, my back hurts. Oh. To, to Adam Green. Oh, 
So, so the next day, uh, I've been there before. And in his defense, I've been there laying on the floor. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) back. back. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hashtag paranormal dads. It's the dad and paranormal dad. Uh, and so the next day, one of his producers, who was actually kind of a clairvoyant as well, um, asks, uh, she asks if he's been visited by anything because lately he's had kind of this like dark heaviness around him. And she's like, are you okay? Are you going through anything? And he's like, maybe. And and he kind of describes to her what it, what it was, what he saw and her advice to him, which is some solid paranormal dad's advice and Andy she said, said it she, did she say burn it down <laughs> she said burn it down she said burn the house down right now uh she said basically what we've said before andy what you said before in your in your uh spe- uh, in your um uh, your panels and your different uh like open forums that you have uh where you got to claim your space you got to mm-hmm. simply and it sounds like it's too simple it sounds like you got to draw some weird symbol on the wall in your own blood you don't have to do that you, you good news everybody <laughs> you can just um, pee yeah. all over the room that's marking your territory do it yeah nothing says, watch anyways right? nothing says get out of my house more yeah than <laughs> peeing on things no uh you claim your space you basically out loud with intention just you know say this is my space you're not welcome here and and anything that I don't want here, get, get to, get to getting, <laughs> go on, get, get, get now, dirty aliens. <laughs> but, uh, and so he did that. He went in there and there is something kind of empowering about doing that. And I don't know if anybody watching or listening has done that, but I will say, don't, I mean, if you feel silly, feel silly, but just do it. Cause it's kind of, it's strangely empowering. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and Kind of like I'll give the Marty McFly advice. Even when George was like, "Do you think I should swear? If it helps you to swear, swear. Just mm-hmm. tell tell that thing, whatever energy you feel in there that it's it's not welcome." And I, you'd be su- surprised how well it works and how more um, what's the word empowered you feel, especially um, if you use an old prospector voice like Eddie. <laughs> seriously, invoke invoke <laughs> the old prospector, and you're gonna feel good. Just just ball up one eye like this and be like. Yeah, you dirty demon. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but, Eddie also has the advantage that he could grab one of his antique swords off the wall and wave it around. That'll scare off any ghost. I mean, wh- why are you going to stay in my house if I'm waving a sword at you? Nothing you know? says get like battle axe, right? Nothing says get like a hillbilly with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> but so he did this. Adam Green took his friend's advice and said, hey, I'm going to do this. and um, And it worked. And uh, that he was no longer visited by that thing. There's the catch, though. Mr. Green started experiencing pretty uh, extensive back pain after after this. (laughs) And his his friend, the clairvoyance, even said uh, uh, that might sometimes these things have a way of trying to project their problems onto you. um, Yeah. Uh, depending on what's going on and all that stuff. So the, apparently oh, since then he's had some, some degree of back pain. So, Hey, Mr. Green, if you're still yeah. suffering from back pain, give us a shout. Maybe we can offer you some advice. That sucks, man. Ghosts and demons projecting their issues onto us. That means if you have a spirit bothering you who used to be in uh, debt, you know, you could suddenly find your bank account empty. Right. 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 Make your money yeah. disappear. Kind of man, deal. Why, why does a ghost need money? <laughs> like the, it's like the james t kirk what does god need with a starship right <laughs> am i right pat <laughs> absolutely um but yeah uh that is 
really interesting. And that's one of the things that I enjoy a lot about this, just talking about these types of things, is sometimes these experiences are huge, right? Like the Phoenix Lights or, you know, mass sightings or like when people all hear like those weird horns coming from heaven, you know, that the, mm -hmm. the loud sounds. And sometimes they're just really weird, singular events that just kind of happen and then go away. And yeah. you have no... There's nothing to really hang your hat on. You know what happened. You were there. You experienced it. But now it's over. And uh, yeah. it's just interesting. I love some of those weird anomalies, too, like those one-off things where it was so bizarre, like you can't rationalize it. We actually talked about that last episode when we were talking about that new TV show on uh, Travel Channel called Paranormal Caught on Camera. Because a lot yeah. of those are just weird anomalous things that happen once and haven't been caught again. So a creepy dude in the corner of your room with a bad back, dude. Yeah. Oh, and like we've all been there before, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you see some weird shadowy figure in your bedroom. And, oh, yeah. You know, half the time it's a pile of laundry on your dresser that you forgot to fold or something like that. But my you know. my thing, once again, man, is like he's like, my back hurts like your head's going to hurt now. Start hitting him with a bat. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell you what, I woke up the other day just uh, two two mornings ago, I woke up. Uh, about 6 a.m. I was still sleeping and me and my cat and my dog who are all on my bed, we were all simultaneously woken up by a loud crashing noise somewhere in my house. And, you know, I, it was one of those things where it was so loud and it was so abrupt. I kind of uh, I got out of bed to go investigate, walked into every room on my house, never did find anything out of place. But gotta love, you that. know. But room check. Ugh. Yeah, that's apples and oranges, though. If there was a guy in my corner, I'd probably just throw something sharp ah. or hard at him, you know? Yep. Yep. But. Yep. But there you go. That's some some pop and paranormal for you. Certainly a little bit of pop and a lot of paranormal. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, much, much love to you, Mr. Green. Hopefully you've uh, you've uh, you've uh, fixed your back. Take yeah. care of yourself. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> up last but not least is the main course main event pat what do you got rounded up there for main mystery picture yourself on an island please a tropical paradise close your eyes eddie let's imagine Let, us let's forget there. about all the stress go ahead close your eyes oh forget there, all the pat. stress i'm no lotioning andy's stress. back right now i got i got my sunscreen yeah <laughs> i'm putting sunscreen on andy's back no anxiety make sure that sunscreen is reef protective sunscreen it's going to be good for the reefs you don't want it's, to damage uh, the reefs. well mine's spf 666 so <laughs> Ooh, yeah demonic you got sandy beaches you got the cool blue waters impressive volcanoes in the background in all their glory jurassic park type scenery yes the warm breeze mm. are you feeling it i'm there man are you feeling it feels I'm like there. hawaii that's where Jurassic Park was And that's filmed. where we're going. We're going to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> because there's more to Hawaii than just the crystal blue waters and the sand and the surf. I got the Aloha spirit, Pat. And the room. shopping. Mm. Out there beyond the horizon, just past the trees, are deep jungles. Yes. And in those jungles, there is plenty of folklore and legend and tales of creatures roaming those jungles that are just as strange as any other monster in the world. So they say Bigfoot has never 
been seen in Hawaii. It's the only state where they haven't seen Bigfoot, but Hawaii has their own little creatures that uh, would get Gilligan going, running for skipper (laughs) if if he came across these creatures. So uh, one of those creatures that we're going to be talking about today is called the Menahuni. And this is going to be a hard one for me to say. Menahuni. Menahuni. Hey, we should have worn our Hawaiian lays, guys. Right? I I had my Hawaiian shirt on the last show. I probably should have saved it for this show. Eddie, you should be wearing your coconut bra right now, dude. (laughs) Well, I am wearing a thong bikini (laughs) bottom right now. So (laughs) We will not provide the picture with with that for our life. No pictures. Thank you for sharing. So what the Menahuni are, are they're an alleged race of hairy dwarves. Uh, usually two to three feet tall. Uh, they're stout, they're muscular, um, broad shoulders, uh, often have a pot belly. Their faces possess long eyebrows and a protruding brow, sharp ears, and large intelligent eyes. I like the one sitting there, standing there on the beach right now. (laughs) I like him a lot. Yeah. I should get him for my garden, stick him in the Exactly. Next you need a Menahuni garden gnome. <laughs> he's throwing up the uh, hang loose sign with his hand there. Yeah. He's, he's a party yeah. animal right Mahalo. here. Mahalo. Mahalo, yeah. bro. Yes. So, bra. Not bro, bra. Um, the Menahuni are said to be nocturnal. Uh, they they are said to live in caves deep within the forest. And during the day, uh, they come out and communicate using a series of grunts and growls. Chaka! They've even been reported to mimic humans even though you know there's there's no way to know if they actually know the language or 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 know what we're saying in some traditions they're said to even be able to communicate telepathically well regarding the weird feelings in the jungle in hawaii it might be that menahuni trying to take over your brain manahuni they uh grunt and groan when they exit their caves i i mean it's speaking from our paranormal dad perspective we're not getting any younger i tend to grunt and groan as i get out of bed in the morning too <laughs> oh yeah me yeah, My 100, dad. 100%. <laughs> you're making dad sounds so, <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of dads manahuni are said to be master builders uh they're responsible for many structures on the island uh, including homes, temples, bridges, and canals. There's a, a place called the Alicoco Fish Pond on Lihui. I hope I say that right. I think so. Which, which is actually the largest aquaculture site in Hawaii. Legend says that it was the Menahuni who built, built that um, feature, I guess you'd call it. Uh, there's also the Menahuni Ditch, which is another favorite place for people to visit uh it's actually an irrigation ditch that funnels water from the waimea river on Kauai. oh wow and do, uh, um, yeah. I, was, I was gonna ask do people you know in hawaiian cultures take this pretty seriously i mean i think in the past we've touched on uh what is it iceland who they take the uh what is it eddie the elves baby elves they take elves so seriously in iceland they like reroute construction projects and stuff to go around you know elf nests and stuff like that so in hawaii i mean are these more like sacred creatures are they are they feared is it is it yeah well i think they 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 recognize them and and they acknowledge them some people even claim to be descendants of the menahuni and um you know they still identify with them 
So that's, that's pretty cool. I I mean that could you know if you're like a, a small small in stature kind of person, that's a good way to avoid being picked on in gym class, right? Hey, Dave, bro, leave me alone. I'm a descendant of the Manahuni, right? No, leave me alone. I'm not good at basketball, but I can build something for you. So were they were they um, like um, known to have any sort of like I hate to ask, but like magic or anything like that, or is it mostly just that they were kind of short and they could like. There were different like subspecies, subspecies, but what what they thought they were, were um, some of the original inhabitants of the island. And then it was the, uh, the Tahitians came to the islands. And this is, you know, even before the Hawaiian peoples started inhabiting the islands. Right. But the Tahitians came in and they were, they were very vicious. Um, They were of course, larger than these people and basically enslaved these people. And they say that's, that's how some of these uh, features, some of these ponds and things were were built mm-hmm. because the Tahitians basically put these Menahui into slavery and built these. You know, that's kind of how the folklore of the thing. Yeah. And, and how some of these places came to be. E- even up till, you know, current day, people still have sightings of the Menahui, e- even though they're they're kind of a folklore creature. Uh, people still today claim to have, have seen um, these creatures running around. Uh, one of the most well-known sightings was made by a group of 40 school children and their teacher back in the 1940s. Oh. And so apparently they were out on some kind of a field trip. Um, and according to the report, the group spotted several of the creatures jumping around in some trees near the property that they were, they were visiting. And when they, uh, Realized they were being watched, they silently, silently just dispersed into the the wilderness. Uh, later, they went down and, and tried to to find them, and you know they they didn't find any trace of them. Whoa! But, uh, <laughs> How tall did they say they were again? Uh, two to three feet. Wow! See that, and, is- and it, yeah. it's kind of weird because sometimes people even say that you know they're sm- so small that they could fit in your hand, you know, which is hmm. really small. <laughs> That's really you're, small. you're almost, so you're, you're almost getting talking, down to pixie level. Yeah. Like, like very like smart level. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of like, there's a legitimate, I mean, they're not quite three feet. I say like the, their average height is maybe between three and four feet tall, but there's an hmm. actual tribe in Africa right now. And I think the word pygmy is kind of frowned upon. I think it's almost like saying gypsy now. It's like not very, very polite to say. Right. But I forget the name. But there was a famous UFC fighter who actually went and to live with this tribe. This is like today, like now. It's not right. like them. And they're a legitimate. They're all human. I mean, they're all, but they're just super like the average height of a, a man. And I think the tallest guy in their village is like five feet tall. Wow. And uh-huh. and they just like what you said, Pat, they kept getting like stolen in the night by neighboring tribes. <laughs> it carried away like children because right. and forced into labor because they were so easy to steal. And yeah. and it's it's funny, but it's tragic. And these people were like just they were all just really short. I mean, and and they're still like a legitimate thing. Um you know, just short people. And it makes me wonder, like, like, would, is this just a bunch of people who happen to just be really short? And they're like, man, listen, we were treated like garbage. We better hide and just lay low. Lay low, stay in the caves. Yeah. We're not coming out again until you people treat us right. Right. 
Well, I know the three of us and and maybe some of our listeners too are uh, we're children of the '80s and uh, '80s slash '90s. And I remember, wasn't there an episode of Full House that touched on the Menahunis? Uh, it was. I think there was actually. There, yeah, I the think- the family, the uh, the Tanner Tanner family, uh, goes to Hawaii, and it was like a it was like a season finale because I think it might have been like a two part special, but it was filmed on location in Hawaii. And I think it was little Stephanie in the show uh, who saw them and nobody believed her. Oh, really? Yeah, because she's like, I do believe, I do believe in Menahunis. And then I think eventually other people see them as well. Oh, I um, got to check that out. So there's a little pop culture sprinkle on top of the main mystery. Yeah, I wonder if John Stamos saw the Menahuni with, uh, and they, <laughs> they were probably jealous of his hair. Oh, yeah. They, they uh, might have... Uh, who is <laughs> try to oh. duplicate his hair uncle jesse man not a hair out of place on that head oh no <laughs> yeah so anybody interested business in, in the front party in the back you know but the, <laughs> the men look like they're party all the time <laughs> well they are muscular you know they they're right they look pretty pretty beefy Listen, if I could be that jacked, I'd I'd sacrifice about you know three feet of my height to get down. To- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm high, but I'm also jacked, bro. Loincloth, Eddie. All he, all he has yeah. a little loincloth and then abs. There's nothing else to him. I'm carrying a jar of spaghetti sauce, like <laughs> like, like like it's like this big around. Ooh, ooh, ooh. There's even a, a present day sighting. I mean, we're, we're talking about maybe. Uh, well, this was a, there was a caller on AM Coast to Coast, you know, one of my favorite shows I li- used to listen to on the radio. Uh, Art Bell hosted it for years. And then yeah. uh, George Nori, George Nori took over yeah. um, in May of 2006. Uh, somebody said they are a woman uh, said she encountered several creatures crossing the road as she was driving down the road one night. Um, actually there were, it was a group of like 20 that she told this story on, on coast to coast, uh, like 20 of them passed in front of her car as she was driving around the road. And she described them as little hairy humans, about three feet tall, each covered in slightly different colored hair. Hmm. And the woman claimed to actually have hit one of these, these creatures and later found a dent in her car with reddish hair left behind. It's like, well, didn't you go back and see if they were okay? Because right? <laughs> if it is a person, yeah. little people are still people. Uh, I mean, that's like what a vehicular manslaughter or something at that point in time. But like, but the article I read about this, uh, or apparently she one of the comments she made on the show is she no longer had the hair for analysis, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she probably got rid of the hair to get rid of any evidence she had of possibly causing a hit and run accident. <laughs> I mean. First of all, you make sure the person's okay. Right. <laughs> Secondly, you call an ambulance if they're not. And third, if it was something weird that you hit, you put that hair in a Ziploc baggie. Right. This this story only like either A, you're lying, or B, you're a bad person <laughs> <laughs> who hits people and then keeps driving. Oh, that was weird. There's C, you're just annoying to those of us in the cryptozoological, you know, cryptozoology field who want DNA evidence, right? Well, she's lucky yeah. these things didn't come back after her. Like, man, they ran over old Greg back there. We got to go, send her, you know, come and lock her door. Got That's two of them on her shoulders. <laughs> like little rascals. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, man. God. So, so, uh, so, so another another theory that's out there is that the these creatures are a relative of 
some miniature humanoids that that are called the the Flores the Flores Hobbits uh-huh. or they're yeah. they're known as the Homo Homo, homo Floresiensis. I, I got <laughs> you. Want to say that? Yeah. It's homo Floresiensis. Homo Floresiensis, a small yeah. race of humanoids which are thought to have existed like twelve to thirteen thousand years ago. Yep. And I so these could be descendants cool. from them. Yep. Thank you, Andy. I, I I knew I was going to just butcher that. I even had it phonetically spelled out, and I still couldn't do it. You know, I can't remember <laughs> to pay my electrical bill, but I remember that because I heard it twelve years ago on History Channel. You know, that's, it's it's that's funny Andy what you can remember. Is uh to his eye, <laughs> Homo Floresiensis, <laughs> capital H. But um, some, some think think uh, these still may live on some of the remote islands in the yep. Pacific, and there's even several Pacific islands where. There are long traditions of sightings of miniature hairy wild men. And uh, so perhaps even these early humanoids had had been around longer than people had actually thought. Off the uh, coast of the Congo, there was also the similar stories. And they, they, they invoked the Homo floresiensis as well. They were like, I say they, uh, the people that were reporting these stories and even some a paleontologist looked into it and were like, this may actually have been a thing at some point, not, not now, but enough that it got into the memory into like the cultural memory of uh-huh. like people who lived in the Congo area, but that there was actually tribes of these Homo floresiensis that were tiny, like offshoots, not even offshoots, but like a separate, they're human, but they're not in the same thing as, uh, as, as us, as Cro-Magnon and even Neanderthal. They were a whole separate thing, but they were little and they would like steal babies and stuff. Like it was <laughs> yeah. crazy. It was like, yeah, the- I've heard oh, stories man. like that. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, you know, babies in the night. Don't be doing that. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of having places for these men who need to hide, Hawaii is a place, dude. I, I've been oh, there before. Man. It is so jungly. Yeah. I mean, it almost rivals like Alaska in some places. It's just so remote. It's so dense, you know, on some of these, you know, charter buses and, and stuff that we were on. You, you look into the into the forest and it's just inaccessible because, uh, you know, first of all, a lot of it's really steep terrain. It's a very volcanic area. And and secondly, you know, the the just the the growth of the plants are just ridiculous like if they wanted to hide in there they could hide it's just like we've said before you know if you want to hide something put it in the forest or put it in the bottom of the ocean because human beings can hardly get to either place right well you think about the movie jurassic park and some of the landscape that that they featured in that movie we were there uh just just about a year ago we went to hawaii on a vacation and we were actually kind of doing some zip lining through a valley where they actually filmed parts of jurassic park and yeah, you could totally get lost if you wanted to in in uh, some of those landscapes, uh, just the valleys and the steep hills, and and there's plenty of places to hide. But guys, to think back to our our Sasquatch uh, uh, expedition that we did, and I mean anybody watching or listening, how many steps into the forest before you're like, man, like you know we yeah. you know hundred steps into the forest, and then already you're like, not not many people go this far already. Yeah. You know? yeah. Especially so if, uh, if, if you're as tall as a stack of apples, you're <laughs> stack of apples. <laughs> is that, is that kind of like a little house on the prairie shortcake? Exactly. <laughs> you call your little Menahui friend, you call him 
Hey, stack of apples. Hey, stack of apples. <laughs> <laughs> I get beaten up and because blur in their link. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was you. <laughs> so I mean, uh, it's not just the Menahui uh, of Hawaii, though. There's actually kind of a more uh, kind of a counterpart to Bigfoot that has been reported or seen uh, there on the islands. Like in 1973, uh, a person reported that he had a frightening encounter while out fishing for catfish. And so he'd laid these traps uh, for the catfish and he was just getting, he had laid his traps out and he was just getting ready to go home. Um, And it was night, uh, starting to get dark. And of course, you know, in this thick brush, you know, things get dark real quick. And he heard just this ungodly howl. And uh, he said it sounded like a wild man. And he was decided, okay, it's time to go home, time to book it out of here. So he and a friend of his, um, at first they thought it was just someone trying to play a practical joke on him, but the wailing intensified. And so finally they're just like, we're getting out of here. And as they ran out um, back to their car, wherever it was they were, However, they got to the location, they encountered what they reported as a seven to eight foot tall, hairy female creature who was naked except for a loincloth. And uh, the pair turned back and ran back to the river. And as one of them stumbled down the side of the embankment, another giant woman stepped out from behind a tree. And he said she must have been at least seven feet tall. Oh, wow. So (laughs) if that isn't going to get your heart going. I don't know what, what will, but, um, they, they, they reportedly made, made their way home and they were unable to sleep of course for, for the night. Uh, they did go back and try to get the traps, uh, later. Uh, and they did find some massive tracks that they said measured around 20 inches long. And, um, (laughs) some big feet. (laughs) Yeah. They, they, they said, uh, it kind of looked like, someone had been messing with their traps as well. Um, which a seven foot person I'm sure could do a lot of damage to a a trap like that, but they swore they'd never go fishing in that area ever again. So where was it again? I don't think I have the, the site in my notes, but it was, you know, it was in Hawaii. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you don't hear many Bigfoot reports though of, of big creatures like that from Hawaii. Um, interesting uh but you know given how jungly and dense it is but um it's that's interesting i wouldn't sleep either if i saw a seven foot tall hairy woman from behind a tree (laughs) no thank you that's when you go check into therapy and you sleep later you know what maybe you know what depending on your marital status maybe you're like hey are are you single (laughs) i know you like to you like fish in common that's cool It, it it couldn't possibly last So, um, in the eighties, there was another creature kind of roaming, roaming the place. And this is takes place on the Island of Maui. Um, and this is actually a large cat that was reported Uh, similar to a Puma, which is not native to the islands at all. Uh, they don't have large cats on the islands. Um, but they said it was described as having fawn colored hair and a long tail and between December of 2002 and June of 2003, 
a series of eight reports were filed of this mystery cat lurking around and it got the authorities kind of scratching their heads. And uh, then they started finding like exotic pets or birds killed and, and mangled. And that really got them looking around and, and starting to take action. They actually started putting out box traps and, and things to try to v- trap the animal. You fast forward a little bit. Uh, there was another sighting in June of 2003 and a clump of unusual fur was found that was similar in color to what was being reported. And fearing for public safety, again, they tried to capture whatever it was and they hired a person who was like a, uh, some kind of a cat, big cat expert. And they brought <laughs> they him on the king. island. It, yeah. oh, no. They had Tiger King out there, <laughs> mullet and everything. In our universe now. Uh. <laughs> so, so this expert on cats uh, went on to use an, an array of advanced methods to try to uh, get to the bottom of the mystery, including infrared cameras, a recording of wild cats um, that he'd blast into the wilderness to kind of try to attract it. Um, although he was unable to capture film uh, or any kind of evidence of, you know, any hard evidence of the cat, they did find some more claw marks and tracks, uh, claw marks on mm-hmm. trees and tracks that they couldn't <clears throat> couldn't. Uh, explain. Did yeah, he these... go the steak necklace though? Because the steak necklace is guaranteed. For him. Every time. Every time. You went out to the forest with a steak necklace. Something's coming up on you. <laughs> Experience talking kids. So, but just as mi- mysteriously as as these sightings started around 2003, uh, they stopped, and they doesn't sound like they've they've seen much of the Maui cat as they the Maui mystery cat they they began to call it the MMC Um, haven't seen him around anymore some people call them ABCs alien big cats you know large right yeah Yeah. large cats in places where they're not supposed to be or they're supposed to be extinct and uh you know those are big animals too you know they require a pretty extensive diet uh to to survive and mate and carry on and um yeah it's <laughs> it's Hawaii has like boars and stuff. Don't they have like wild pigs and stuff like that in Hawaii? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why they're always having the pig roasts at yeah you know, luau's and things like that. Yeah, I would imagine, even though not native, a cat, even if it's just one or two, could probably subsist pretty well in Hawaii. Oh, you would think so. Yeah. There's there's got to be all kinds of little critters running around that they could eat you know, plenty of food and snack on a minute. Birds. <laughs> Stick on a menahuni. That'd keep them. That'd keep them fed for a while. Or I mean, but yeah, aim it and ride it around. <laughs> That's that, it. Now you're now you're. Uh, kind of reminds me of like a movie like Willow or something like that. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where those little pixie things are riding a cat through a you know through a place. The corgis. They like fairies riding corgis around. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh... Well, finally, we got one one last one to talk about. In 1999, two soldiers on the island of Oahu spied something strange uh, through the wispy cloud cover in the night sky. They reported seeing a strange bird-like flying creature uh, illuminated by the full moon, and it had a wingspan of about 20 feet. Yep. So we were kind of talking about something like this you know, a few episodes ago, but oh. uh, it had an elongated head and a short neck with mm-hmm. angular wings and a tail that was about a quarter of the length of the creature's total length. 
Um, and the creature was reported uh, to be flying quite gracefully and hovered and dived through the clouds for some time before wandering out of sight. And one of the soldiers described this strange creature as looking like a pterodactyl. Um, sounds like the dragon Eddie saw a few months back. Yeah. Yes. And but what I saw was way bigger than twenty feet. Yeah. Way bigger. A hundred. Because you were no. talking about something that was more like a uh, airliner yeah. type size, right? And and not an update in the sense of like I saw it again, but a quick update. And not to derail you, Pat, but real quick. No, you're fine. We're on this. We, uh, Gwen and I, were back out uh, in that exact area yesterday. And we saw, because remember we mentioned the Millard Airport is right next to that. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was a plane, a couple of planes, little little guys, little like crop dustery style Cessna mm-hmm. type planes fl- taking off. And we saw them in the sky where they're not terribly high, but not terribly, you know, they're low enough that you can actually like see the color and the stripe. You know, you can see the details on the plane. Uh-huh. Gotcha. And it was teeny. I'm like, it was like this big, like, like at the height, you know, if I held my fingers apart, it's like that big, you know? So, so whatever you saw was gigantic. Whatever I saw in relation to this was this. And I'm not No big deal. Our dragons are bigger in Omaha than they are in Hawaii. Whatever. No big (laughs) deal. Whatever. (laughs) Size doesn't matter. Whatever. Dragons, 20 feet. What? That's cute. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. It made me actually like not scared, but it made me like take pause again. Like I got goosebumps a little bit. Like man, that thing was big. How big, big is that thing? And how is it so quiet? And how is it so? Th- anyway, I digress. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a plane and was like, <gasps> anyway. those, those Hawaiian dragons are like Menahuni dragons. They're so teeny. They're cute. They're twelve apples long. <laughs> You puny dragons, yeah. You yeah. little tiny dragons. Look at them. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool too, though. That uh, you see a pterodactyl come down after the Menahuni or, or, or the, the oh, what was it, the Maui cat? Oh gosh, that's the that's the uh, the, you, the you could have yeah, you could have like a Godzilla type movie. Talk about a paranormal power slam. There you go. That you could have a <laughs> Menahuni riding a dragon. We're writing this fanfic already. We need to, we need to just pin this end. Paranormal Dad's <laughs> trademark 2020. If we ever do the Paranormal Power Slam uh, tournament again, that, that's going to have to be one of the creatures. A Menahuni riding a dragon. Who would win between that and the alien big cat? I yeah. love it. I love it. We're going to write it down. <laughs> so so Hawaii, I, full, full of stuff. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's all kinds of different stuff going on there. They might not have Bigfoot, but they certainly have their share of... Uh, monsters myths and mysteries that's for for sure looks but, like we gotta go explore we gotta go check it out guys hey want to get a give a shout out to some of our facebook friends uh perry is saying happy easter so happy easter perry thanks for stopping by yep jesse sure. Kiefer stopped by always good to hear from jesse even though uh jesse it, throwing out a pun there <laughs> was going there sooner or later mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> He's uh, a, he's he's kind of uh, comparing the Maui cat to uh, the Broadway cats. Yeah, so. the Broadway hit. Uh, <laughs> Billy has said that one of the Menahuni looked like me, so that was a nice nice comparison. <laughs> hey, I want to give a shout out to Stephen Ford who stopped by to to say hi to us. I I w- actually work with Stephen's brother. Oh, nice. So uh, Stephen joined us and appreciate you listening and joining in, Stephen. Thanks. And, and he didn't like my my thong reference. 
So there. <laughs> TMI, Eddie. He, he didn't care for that. That's okay. TMI. Okay. I'm right there with him. <laughs> I'll never do that again. I promise. Paranormal promise. And I've slept with this man, too. I know. We'll go on record. We'll cuddle buddies forever. That's right. You guys are never going to live that down. <laughs> Ozark hey, cuddle buddies. Hey, right. man, when you got when you got to stay warm, you put your pride aside, right? Sasquatch right. cuddle buddies. What was it? 2017? 2016. That was that long ago at all. It was that long ago. Coming up on coming up on four years since we did What's, that trip. Is that right? Wow. Yep. Mm, that's how we get old. Yeah. That's what happens. But yeah. That's uh, we're approaching four years old on this podcast, aren't we? That's what we're, someone is it yeah. three or four? Oh three. god, we couldn't figure it out last episode we, either. We, we never did go back <laughs> twenty to do the math. It was three, three. We're looking at three. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening to our Hawaiian edition of uh, Paranormal Dads. So uh, happy Easter to everybody! Uh, thanks to Freesound.org for providing some of the music and sound effects for this episode. As always, if you have questions or comments, hit us up through uh, paranormaldads at gmail.com. You can also find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, yeah, so there you go. A little entertainment to break up the monotony of the uh, pandemic. And thanks to everyone for supporting us all these years, however long we've been doing this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, anything else, guys? That's all I got. Thank you. I just want to say mahalo, people. Hang loose. Take care. See Take you guys. care of each other. Bye-bye. <laughs>